Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Repitch. I'm your host David, along with my co-host Richard. Hey guys. And today we're bringing you another pre-pitch in our, you know, (laughs) prequel pitch, you know, series. Last time we did Back to the Future. And Richard, what you got for us today? David, just today we are going to do a prequel movie for one of my favorite movies. Definitely top five. The Truman Show with Jim Carrey. Man, when you first told me that you're going to do a prequel pre-pitch for this, I was like, how are you going to do that? Like, I'm so curious right now. But, you know, let's put out some facts for this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Obviously, this movie came out uh Back in 1998, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Peter Weir, who most more famously he's done Dead Poets Society. Oh, okay. Uh, this movie stars Jim Carrey, Laura Linney, Noah Emmerich, Natasha McElroy, Holland Taylor, and Ed Harris. And so, just a general logline for this movie is: uh, an insurance salesman discovers his whole life is actually a reality TV show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now on top of that, was this movie a success? Well, here are the numbers for this movie. Domestic box office of when it first came out or opening weekend when it came out was 31 million, 31.5 million. All right, that's not terrible. It's not the great. Yeah. Um, domestic box office was about 125 mil. International box office was 138 mil. Okay, wow. So worldwide total, it ended up becoming a 600 or 640, or sorry, 264 <laughs> mil million dollar movie. Oh, and how much was it again? Now the budget for this, this is why it was a huge success. The budget for this was at 60 mil. Really? That's it? Yeah, I would imagine it was a lot of. Pro- I mean, I could see like it's a, a couple of sets, but still, that's pretty good, right? I think you know, movies back in the days, like the early '90s, early '80s, like it was all about practical stuff, building yeah, yeah. the sets, things like that. So, like 16. the cost of it, com- yeah, cost of it compared to like what movies are now, it's it's so different. Yeah, like with inflation, that's probably like what a hundred mil today. Probably, yeah. Probably. Oh, wow, that's so good, and like. I don't know, like, if it was received that well in public, but, like, I definitely know, like, this is a cult classic. People love it nowadays. Yes, and it really its one of those first movies where we really got to see Jim Carrey in a serious role. Mm -hmm. And, you know, outside of the... Because I think before this, he had success with The Mask and, like, Ace Ventura. Yeah. He was labeled as this, like, Batman Forever. (laughs) Batman Forever. Batman Forever, David. You can't forget that. (laughs) Like he was just labeled as, labeled as this like you know crazy actor. Oh, yeah. Nobody really wanted to work with him. They think that it'd be hard to work with him. But you know, lo and behold, he's shown that he can be one of the best actors out there. And yeah, he has that range. Yeah. Um. Now, what about this movie did you really like? Oh. Do you, do, do you enjoy? I am a huge Jim Carrey fan. I love him so much. Like you said, Ace Ventura. Loved him in that. It's one of my like, favorite movies. Great. And, you know, it's sadly, like, you know, a lot of actors pass away as time goes. Like, and I feel like when Jim Carrey passes away, hopefully not anytime soon, it's going to devastate me. <laughs> and, like, because yeah. I love him so much. And I love this movie when I first watched it as a young kid on TV and I, wa- I love it now even more as an adult 
the idea of do you have control over your own life and like how do you what do you make of it like going past your fears of discovering yourself it's it's so relevant now the idea of us being constantly watched being it's it's so good even now like streaming and vlogging how almost every moment of our lives is being documented whether we like it or not this movie is so relevant today (laughs) yeah i think it's one of those movies that was ahead of its time for sure like the idea of like people just watch him sleep people just watch him do daily tasks like people do that now with twitch streaming it's crazy <laughs> right it's it's, it's it's so funny and like i mean i'm sure this came out what 90s or 80s you said uh 98 98 <laughs> they were not thinking we'll live in a society where people tune in just to watch people talk and chat and right. take a nap and stuff like that yeah this was right before the whole any like reality show came out things like that like Mm -hmm. it's it's wild and it's it's so good and you know to like my favorite favorite scene like spoiler alert for a movie that came out over 20 years ago it's like he is at the edge of the dome where they built him to trap him in he's about to escape and the director the Kristoff is offering hey the outside world is scary but if you stay in here we'll keep you safe we'll keep you happy and like you be this is your home and jim carrey instead of cursing him out instead of saying everything his he says his ta- his tagline he says his f- phrase goodbye <laughs> what was it i don't want to butcher it says um what is it good morning and if i don't see you good afternoon good afternoon good evening and good night and like he says that to his neighbors every morning and it's so simple and he just weighs off his audience members and he the people that are watching him and leaves and they just ends right there and i think that's just so beautiful yes <sighs> no I, I totally agree with you i think yeah like, like we've been saying it brings out the humanity oh, yeah. in that whole mm-hmm. in this whole story and like, um yeah the details in this movie is it's so good like like the movie makes money i mean the studio whoever like when they're filming they make money by product placements and you see like the you see like random product placements in the corners like, right as an audience member you see that like, even his like fake wife is like hey look i got this kitchen tool that's really helpful and it's like really awkward and, and jim carrey notices so, like it's clearly an ad and which is crazy you know right and he's just questioning. He's like, "Who are you talking to?" Exactly. And just like this paranoia, like everything, the truth is coming out. And just like the idea of this whole ta- like him, they, him giving them the fear of water and trapping him in this island of, "Hey, his father mm. died out boating, so he's trapped here." And it's just, it's so good. I love it yeah. so much. And like the the fact that they were able to like manufacture his entire life in that way yeah. to the point of like they manufactured his fear. Like, that's wild. Now, some fun facts for this movie. Oh, yeah. I'm so curious. Yeah. So, this movie was written by a writer named Andrew Nichol, who Mm -hmm. also done movies like Lord of War, In Time. He wrote the story for The Terminal. Oh, Um, So, you know, pretty pretty fun movies. Mm -hmm. He, the original draft for this movie was actually supposed to be a science fiction thriller. A lot darker in tone. Interesting. Okay. Yep. So with that, he was actually supposed to be, or he originally wanted to be the director for this movie. Okay. Okay. But of course, studio was like, we're not going to 
pay you this much money yeah for some to, random for this <laughs> for yeah for this to be your first movie so yeah. like chill <laughs> <laughs> chill <laughs> so they they wanted an a-list director and actually the first director that they had gotten to was uh brian de palma mm-hmm. uh, most famously the director of uh scarface oh <laughs> okay so yeah and now here's here's an interesting list of other directors that they considered for this mm-hmm. got tim burton sam raimi Oh, Terry sorry. Gilliam, and even Steven Spielberg were all considered for this movie. I would watch those movies, but I think the way the director did the campiness and just like the color and the tone, it was just perfect. I, yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Now, <laughs> with that, I, the director who ended up getting signed on, Peter Weir, um, he obviously he read the script and he wanted to change it up a lot. He's like, this is too dark. Mm-hmm. This is too too much, you know? Needs to be a little. There needs to be a little more, you know, liberty, hope, <laughs> yeah, liberty, yeah. humanity, and hope to this movie. Um, so Nichols ended up writing sixteen drafts before we wow. were finally finally said, "All right, this is the one." That's a, that sounds like a recipe of disaster, <laughs> but somehow it came out swinging, kicking <laughs> for a home run. Yeah, um, and I think the studio considered a few other actors for this role. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure, but I think Robin Williams was rumored to be tied to this. But I think Peter Rear was like, he might be a little too old for this, old for this movie. That'd be kind of just sad. <laughs> oh no, sadly, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, because he's done, he found a great success with him in Dead Poet Society. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, the other issue was that the character was actually written to be a teenager who was coming right out, graduating from high school. And the only reason why they changed it was because Peter Weir really wanted Jim Carrey. So, like, they changed it for Jim Carrey, but mm-hmm. Jim Carrey was actually already committed to two other movies at that time: The what Cable movies? Guy and The Cable Guy and Liar Liar. Wow, <laughs> great movies! Yeah. So he was signed on to that, but this is how much Peter Weir wanted Jim Carrey. He opted to wait a year to start filming this movie. That's a long time. <laughs> That's a lot of yeah. money. Yeah. So that so he really wanted him. He waited the year. Mm-hmm. They got him, and I think you know that was the best decision because I can't picture somebody else in this role in the way that Jim Carrey was able to mm-hmm. do it. Um, you know, now this movie has gone to have so many so much success. It's been nominated for three different. A- Oscars, mm-hmm. including Best Director, Supporting Actor, and Original Screenplay. Oh, wow. And Jim Carrey would actually won a Golden Globe for this role, wow. and also Ed Harris. So this um, this was a huge success. Oh, that's great. I'm so glad to hear that. Yep. And <clears throat> with this, you know, with everything that we were talking about, this uh, interesting concept started coming out after this movie, and it's called The Truman Show Delusion. Oh, interesting. It's actually, wait, wait, tell me about this. I'm so curious. So it came up first with a psychiatrist named Joe, Joel Gold. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a psychiatrist at the Bellevue Hospital Center. And it first came out in like 2008. And he had met five patients with schizophrenia who really believed that their lives were all reality TV shows. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it's just kind of interesting to the point where this movie brought out a different case of like uh um, schizophrenia yeah like schizophrenia and like mental health issue wow that's so interesting 
I mean, like, don't we all often feel like we're out, we are not in control of our own lives, and maybe there's someone out there controlling every aspect of it? <laughs> I don't want to get there, <laughs> but yeah, that's so cool. The Truman mm-hmm. delusion—that's what you said. Yeah, the Truman Show delusion. Oh, okay. So yeah, if you ever start thinking that your show, if your life is a reality show, you know what it is. Mm-hmm. That is so interesting. Some other f- interesting facts with this is also Ed Harris and Jim Carrey actually, you know, obviously in the movie, they never meet. Yeah. They never met on set either. Like they've never interacted. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I understand that, yeah, that doesn't add or take away anything from it for the meeting. Right. Um, the original setting for this movie was actually supposed to be in New York City. But Weir wanted more of that open feel, mm-hmm. um, just small town kind of feel for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, much better decision for that one. I agree, I agree. And the funny thing is, as much as Peter Weir wanted Jim Carrey, they kind of struggled at first to get along. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. But didn't they film but, a movie together before this? No, no, not oh, before this. Okay. This was their first time uh, interacting. I see, I see. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, this is how, this is when you know, but it's going to be like a really good movie. The amount of effort and time you put into it for the director. Now, Peter Weir ended up writing a 10-page backstory that described the history of the TV show, of the Truman Show. Really? Okay. So, there was just so much detail into it. Like, there's nothing missing from it. And, you know, those are always end up being the best types of movies when you put the care and attention in it that no one has to see but you know and it gives it that that gives it that flavor and on top of that this movie was one that jim carrey also really wanted to do to the point where this guy took a huge uh eight million dollar price cut wow like this is like the height of his career too right Exactly, wow. which he was at the height of his career. So he was entitled to about 20 mil. That's like one third of the budget. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. And of course, a, a lot of this movie, I think, can be seen as like a uh, religious allegory, especially with the way the ending came out to be. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Oh, man, David. I'm nervous about my pitch. <laughs> now, kind of before we go into the pitch, oh, yeah. though, were there any things that you kind of were, like, iffy about with this movie? Uh, I don't think this movie could be made to... Actually, no, this movie could definitely be made today. I think Black Mirror probably did have an episode like this today. <laughs> Fair. I mean, this... Yeah, this sounds like a Black Mirror it episode. <laughs> But I don't, you know what it is? I don't, the only, not iffy, but like, I don't think a movie can capture this because like, yeah, it's like this drama. Yeah. It's kind of not horror, but like this deep sadness to it. But Jim Carrey and there's there's like this levity behind it. Like we talked about like 90s movies having this, it's a simple, not simple premise. It's like, it's still lighthearted and like enjoyable to watch. Right. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's interesting. Anything iffy? I mean, do you have anything iffy? I can't think of anything right now. Honestly, nothing comes up to my mind. No, I think <laughs> I I enjoyed every minute of this movie. Like for me myself, I think the only thing iffy is that his uh Truman's wife had to like sleep in the same bed with him for like however many years. And like this, 
like, that is yeah. kind of crazy yeah, I can't, to think that like this guy these actors had to really commit to this yeah. life going forward i can't imagine like the kind of contract you would have to sign <laughs> just like i i don't want to say that this couldn't be done today's world like i honest david the way i see the world moving i could see something like this happening but like, still wow interesting oh yeah 100 percent. you kidding me I mean, like wasn't wow i can't remember that movie where a boy's life was being filmed from beginning middle and like towards the middle of boyhood or boy something oh yeah i think boyhood yeah, yeah. i'm mean, like isn't that basically what this is almost that's true yeah i guess you can say yeah like, that is just much... like one step forward to this yeah all right now i am excited to hear your pre-pitch for oh, this man. you ready yeah so i don't know what the title is like this is a prequel this is before truman this is before it's as popular as it is mm -hmm. i want and i want this movie to be filmed today in this era mm -hmm. and like time-wise it's the same time period but we don't really know what year it is so i want there to be kind of like almost modern technology ish nothing crazy like the like twitch streaming and stuff like that but still like along that vein like okay there's still tvs but you, we don't know what era or year this movie was made like time period right they did a pretty okay job i mean yeah they don't like outright and say it but i think it's kind of kind of imp yeah implicated that it's within the 90s yeah so like we'll, we'll say like 2000s like this when the quote-unquote this movie this move the prequel is uh the director i wanted to be jordan peele oh okay yeah i think he'll do a great job with like i wanted to be you know that drama slash kind of horror but like he's still able to do levity and like, make it fun mm. to watch uh so my so Chris so basically the prequel Truman's not in this but this prequel movie is about the director Kristoff. Oh okay. Right. So the Kristoff, a young Kristoff, is played by jo, um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Okay. Yeah, okay. He's this young director, fresh out of college, with a vision in mind. He wants to be the greatest director of all time. Mm -hmm. And he's gonna stream. He's gonna film. He has a concept, an idea of like a new reality TV show. Like he wants to film and show his one of his closest friends, played by. Oh man, I have I don't have his name right here. Willow, by let me see. William Jackson Harper, you you know him from Good Place, and he was in the second season of Love Life. He's a great actor. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, he should definitely be in more stuff. I think he'd be great in it. Mm. And his girlfriend. Uh, played by Karen Gillian. You know him from um as who's she in Guardians Nebula? Of Galaxy? Nebula and Guardians of the Galaxy or Amy Pond from uh Doctor Who. So basically my concept of this movie is like, hey, he's a fresh director. He has an, he has a young actor friend who is um, you know, William, um the actor is like, hey, I want to film you twenty four seven and try to make a movie and just put it out there on the internet so people can watch. And William doesn't understand this, but he sees this as an interesting idea. His then girlfriend, they've been dating for a couple of months now, is like, hey, let's do this. And she's really pushing him. Like, that sounds like a great idea. So they move out of their apartment. They go to this like cabin in the woods kind of area, cut off from people. You know, there's a couple of houses around, but like it's very closed off. And it's just that, and it's kind of 
not boring, but just like their first couple of weeks, first couple of days, it's just day to day life. They wake up, eat breakfast, do chores and stuff like that. But like as the days and months go on, you know, William is falling more deeper in love with Karen. You know, they're getting to know each other, and like she feels a little bit awkward. Like yo, like he knows he's being filmed. He knows that, but he tries to hide it. You know, to try to find moments alone. But like even those parts are being filmed. The pr- moments that he thinks are private is being filmed. And I want to get to a point where in the climax that. He gets so frustrated where he realizes that um, Joseph, Joseph, like every evening they have uh, William and Joseph go to love, like kind of have like, hey, how did, in the end of the day, they have a discussion. And you know, William don't realize that Joseph Gordon Levitt has actually orchestrated everything in this neighborhood. All his friends, all the people that he made friends of, connections, neighborhood, they're not real. They're all actors. And the, what makes him more annoyed is that his girlfriend that he loves that he's what he's gonna he's proposed to that all this stuff is also an actress so every aspect of his life what do you call it is being filmed it's fake mm-hmm. and he gets so frustrated you know they fight it gets all filmed in camera and you know he he leaves and it's a straw but like this show is a wild success people love it people are obsessed by every how raw and emotional it is that that he gets to deal with this deal hey like we want to make this huge and like then we kind of end this season like the news like oh yeah like we we could we purchased the rights of this child and like that's how we see the beginning of Kristoff and his maniac manicness so yeah so that's basically my pitch it's just like we we see a raw unedited version of how Kristoff became in like he's always been crazy but like in a more more personal raw way Wow. Okay. I I I, I kind of I really like that concept. Right. Uh, it's very. It's definitely a one eighty from what I feel like. Just the feeling of it and of it seems to be a lot more horror, not horror ish, or more horror than what Truman Show is. Oh yeah. It's it, it's definitely like Twilight, Black Blacklist, Black Blacklist, and Black. Black Mirror. Black Mirror. But, like, I do want to add, like, you know, some levity to it. But, like, I think in today's world, we that kind of dra- dark drama would be better. More. Yeah, I mean, I get feels of, like, ex machina type oh, of thing. When, oh, definitely. Like, that whole idea of, like, just, you know, a small group. Mm-hmm. And it's just them. And he's being watched every single time. What is real? Um, what is not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess my question, my question was going to be, is this being aired like the way that Truman Show is being aired, or are they just gonna film everything and then Christoph goes off and shows it off to some studio or something like that? It, it's being filmed live, and it's being—I <laughs> don't know how well it'll be in the '90s, but it's being streamed into the internet somehow. We'll just like you know, plausible deniability. Like he's able to do that. It's low quality, but people are still tuning in watching it. it was like he's a young director; he doesn't have t- space to film this to show this on TV. But he has right. access to the internet, and the actor is aware that this whole thing is going off. Yeah, online? but he okay. he only believes like okay, only the living room or only certain areas are being filmed. Like he gotcha. he believes that, but he doesn't realize that, no, like everything, the bathroom, every part of it, everything is fake. Gotcha. Okay, 
And like, you, you bring up the question, like, is it a good thing to, to have, to have every aspect of your life filmed, even if it's for fame, even if it, it's for quote-unquote art? Hmm. All right. It's, I mean, from a from a general sense, I would definitely give this a shot. Nice. If <laughs> there are some things, I, I feel like... It needs a better climax. I, I mean, that too, but I think you're on the right track with right. a lot of this, to be honest. I think... To personally, I mean, just hear me out. Go like ahead. it might have a little more gravity if the actor wasn't aware that it's being live. And so for like I think maybe like introducing this as like a project for Christoph, you know, like mm-hmm. he's filming it, but it's not being aired anywhere, but he's uh. filming everything, every aspect of it, with the intention at the end of it of he's gonna go show this to a studio. Uh, and then that's see. how he gets this job for the Truman Show, or how that's how he gets backed for this job for the Truman Show. Okay, okay. which you know, for the actor, because I feel like if the actor was realizing, oh, this is being streamed, I'm being watched, and there's this mo- certain level of success to it, mm-hmm. who knows? The actor might be like, oh, yeah, that's great. That's uh, like I'm on board with all of this. But I think you, like, I want to see the actor be freaked out. Uh, like he doesn't I, I want him to be like freaked out at this concept and then kind of seeing like there's no light at the end of it because like Christoph, it just seems more like this guy's being a weirdo yeah. and just but, filming everything in that the reason why i didn't do that is it's, it's too close to the truman show you know what i mean i rather oh, gotcha i rather it be a consenting adult that doesn't fully realize how crazy Christoph is no, so which is why I, I mean, like he's aware that okay. he's being filmed, okay, okay, but it's more so like he's recording, uh-huh. not li- bringing it on live air. But like, if it didn't work out, if he hates it and he quits, why, why would he be okay with him showing it to studios? But that's what I think. This is kind of showing more of the Kristoff character. Like he doesn't care what this uh, guy thinks. Okay, he's okay. gonna show it regardless. Like he's, he, he's uh-huh. the type that it, it doesn't matter for him. He's gonna finish his project in the way that he wants to do it all right so a lot more like character study and character arcs okay okay i like that okay you think this would be a better tv show or just a movie no i think it would be a better movie yeah i think people would tolerate it more within like a one to two hours exactly i think a whole season would be kind of boring not boring just right you start dragging out because like a lot of these horror shows in my opinion they the first half when it comes to like horror stuff, like the first half of the season ends up being like, you know, great. Mm-hmm. You get scared, things like that. After a while, it just starts dragging and it's like, all right, this is <laughs> get this it over is, with. You know, we know, yeah, we, we know your like, house is haunted. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so I think in this kind of concept as well, it's kind of better to like put it into a smaller time frame. Okay. okay. And bring in all the emotion that you can within that time frame. All right. Honestly, no. yeah. If that's probably my one thing about it. Like, right. I think the concept of it was, bad, right? was good. You, were, yeah, you weren't expecting a prequel with Kristoff, were you? <laughs> no, no. I thought, because I thought you were going to head in the direction of, you know, Truman. Like, actually, like, uh, about Jim, Car- Jim Carrey's character. When he's younger? Yeah, yeah. No. So, I was like, huh, how is he going to do this? Like, Yeah, uh... <laughs> No, no, I thought like, okay, I don't want Jim Carrey's thing. I wanted to do something completely different. I'm like, Kristoff, it's like, you have questions like, who would be okay with this guy film? Who, who, how can you buy a, a rights to a child's life? Right. Yeah. 
So I think, yeah, really comes to the edge of like, you know, what's right and what's wrong mm-hmm, about that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I think that's your movie would do that very successfully. Oh, yeah, yeah. So nice. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, David. I I thought like, yo, I would totally watch a prequel. Like I would like, again, a prequel should not be made for these movies. But like, if, if this not. was, if this was, if this concept was out, like maybe. <laughs> hey, I mean, you don't even have to call if. If you told me this was just a pitch for a movie, oh, you watch it. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, because nowadays that would so, be so relevant. <laughs> That's definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, fortunately, that pitch was great. Thank you, David. But if we've come <laughs> to the end of our time, mm-hmm. so David, where can our uh, great, wonderful audience members find us? You know, as always, you guys could check our descriptions below and. Look for our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just look for Repitch Podcast. If you guys got any suggestions, you guys have any comments, you guys want to share your thoughts about this episode, you know, give us an shoot us an email at repitchpodcast at gmail.com. And, you know, as we like to say, share us, share us, rate us, and berate us. <laughs> we haven't yes. said that in a while. We have it. I think rate be rate as the last is the middle one. But yeah. <laughs> oh, is all right. Um, and also, oh, as always, big shout out to our friend Joe Yu, Mr. Panda Mix on SoundCloud for helping us with the sound editing. Yeah, and again, tune in to our we release two episodes a week, and if you didn't catch it catch our monday episode where we talk about you know of course again we talk about marvel but you know some interesting conversation about you know tarantino you know some ratings some random ratings are pretty bad but yeah if you haven't watched this it's pretty much about you know how marvel has so much content now this is almost the only thing that's being shown Kind of like it seems like the only thing we're talk we talk about. Shows. <laughs> it really is like one one like three fourths of the stuff coming out is Marvel. Yeah. But again, tune into that and just to wrap up the episode with a quote from the movie. One of the first few lines of the one of the first lines of the movie by Kristoff. We become bored with watching actors give us phony emotions. We are tired of pyro- pyrotechnicals and special effects. While the world while the world around he inhabits is in some respects counterfeit there's nothing fake about truman himself no scripts no cue cards it isn't always shakespeare but it's genuine it's a life oh the irony because reality (laughs) (laughs) what psychopath says it like that (laughs) i love it all right guys all right thank you guys 